0: This insert is brought to you by Radio Cape Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit Kpulpit.co.za
1: Head of Department of Systematic Theology and Ecclesiology, the Director of the Bayes-Nordia Center for Public Theology, enjoying the Cape Town sunshine and talking to us today, Dion, uh, after what George just shared. So important for us to look at Jesus as our Prince of Peace. Good morning. Morning, Brad. Morning, Brad. You know, I- I'm just uh, reminded it
0: doesn't matter what happens to us in life where we are that Jesus remains always the same, you know, mm-hmm. always. And those, those three words, Prince of peace, you know, he always remains the Prince, the one who's in charge, the the ruler, mm. uh, the one with power, but his, his power is directed towards us in love and grace. So, so yeah, what a wonderful reminder. And, and George, thanks for that testimony. I'm not far from you. I'm in Somerset West, as Brad mentioned uh, back this week to uh, to do some meetings and to celebrate graduations. My daughter uh, graduated on Monday and on Friday, my darling wife Miggy gets her PhD. That's wow. that's tomorrow. That's going to be a wonderful, wonderful celebration. Brad, I think I can retire after that. What I, do you think? I
1: think it's job well done. Let the other... That the other doctors and professors do the hard work now. You can put your feet up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so no, absolutely. But Brad, yes. yeah, so we, we we touched on this just uh, as as we were beginning. The theme in Advent this week is peace. And you'll know that each of the, the weeks as we prepare ourselves for the celebration of uh the, the, the remembrance of the birth of Jesus our Lord um has a particular theme. Last week was hope and, and this week is is peace. And um Brad, one of the readings for this week um is, is a beautiful passage which which just you know for me sums up uh, the, the importance of, of our Christian faith. It comes from Luke chapter one. And um for for our listeners who are listening, go and look at Luke chapter one. It has a serious uh, large number of verses, but uh, Luke chapter one, verses 67 to 75. Now, just to give you a bit of background to this text, um, you'll remember that that Mary, the mother of Jesus, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth, the mother of John, they were related to one another. Yes. And, um, you know, Mary goes to Elizabeth, who's older, to get some advice, and we then discover that Elizabeth is, is married to Zechariah, a priest, uh, in the temple. And Brad, this this particular little passage that we're reading today, Luke chapter one, contains these these wonderful blessings, the Magnificat, where Mary, you know, prays over, over Jesus, and then this one where Zechariah uh prays over uh John. Now listen yeah. to this. This is, and by the way, the John we are speaking about here is not the author of the gospel. John, but John the Baptist that we read about uh, in, in the Gospels. So Zechariah says says this. He says, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and he has redeemed them. In other words, he's mm. paid the price. He's won them back from sin and death and brokenness. He has redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. So confirming You know, the the birth of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, as he said through the holy prophets long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore with Abraham. Now, what is that oath? The oath is, he says, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him in all of our days. Now, this, this I think, for me, is, is such a, a wonderful reminder of the way in which God longs for us to live our lives redeemed by Jesus in the ordinary places where we are, in our homes, our communities, in our workplaces, there where you sit in the studio, uh, our listeners in their offices, cars, uh, shops wherever they may be to live in such a way that we live without fear, with that sense of peace of knowing Jesus has redeemed us by His blood. the The true human pe- uh, p- person, you know, the the what what's often called in the Gospels the archetypal human, the human upon whom all humans are ultimately ba- based. That Jesus offers His life in love. He is the Prince, the the first among creation. But he's also the Prince of Peace, the one who comes to set us free from fear, from violence, from war, from from anything that would would draw us out of the presence and power of God and say to us, I want to be with you where you live today. I want to bring my peace, a peace which passes all understanding into your life. So, Brad, I just want to encourage our listeners today, even even for myself, just to say Jesus is with you. His power has never been diminished. Uh, He longs to be born anew into your heart and into the world. Where God has placed you and he longs to do that so that through you He can work the miracle of peace
1: yeah I, I couldn't help but think when you were talking now Dion, about uh, what Jesus t- uh, taught when he told us to be people of peace you know walking into a space and and to coming and being that person of peace and you're not always accepted and there's not always weirdly a place for the you know in the world or in that in that moment for you as a person of peace but uh, for us to not only Look at Jesus as being a Prince of Peace, but looking how we can then be Jesus in a situation. I, I think I've said that how I want to. Yeah, of it. <laughs> course, and you know
0: that that comes from also from Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter ten. Yes, um, is where that, that particular uh, part of the life of Jesus is narrated, and we know something interesting that happens there. Brad is that Jesus sends out the first disciples. There's seventy-two of them. Mm. Now, I've I've often thought about that. You know, the fact that that there are billions, literally billions, half of the world's population are Christian, billions of wow. Christians, started with the one person, Jesus, who then sent out the 72. Now, imagine if if we were to be sent out by Jesus to be agents of peace, you know, to... To do what what i often say to my students you know to wage peace you know wow. people speak about waging war yes i think we need to wage peace and and that takes it takes planning it takes determination sometimes it takes courage and even sacrifice to say I- i'm going to be the person who jesus sends out like the 72 to go into a town and say peace be upon you
1: thank you so much for that dion now i, I can't let you go yet because we were talking this morning about Joseph and his, uh, Joseph, Mary and Joseph, not that, this particular Joseph, you know, walking yes. while Mary rides on the donkey, a la the Christmas card, you know. And uh, yes. we, the, our question this morning was, who was his dad? And his dad's name was also Jacob. So, you know, he's one of those carrying a popular, popular Hebrew name of the day. So then we were reading through Matthew chapter 1 and the genealogy of Jesus. And as you get towards the end of the the, the part of the genealogy at verse 17 from Matthew 1, it says, um, Thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. And so we just said numbers in the Bible often are not just random. And I want to put you on the spot, but is there any significance to the 14s referring to those different generations? Or is it purely just... Oh, there we go. They all happen to be the same number.
0: Um yeah, so Brad, uh, there is significance to that number. So we we encounter the, the number seven is a very, very significant number in in the Hebrew faith, in Judaism. Yes. So we know that it, it it speaks of fullness, um, it's often associated with God. And we know that that the ways in which uh, the Jews, the Hebrew people dealt with numbers was slightly different from ours. So we we might say you know, um seven and then, you know, an infinite number. But for mm. them, for particularly for people who who weren't taught to count so well or easily, to double the perfect number means that it's it's a blessing upon a blessing. And and, wow. and so this notion of, of the 14 um uh, they are different numbers you know very often the number 12 is is also used but that refers more to the fulfilling of of the promise of of the the 12 tribes of of Israel and Judah but but in in the genealogy in Matthew's gospel this 14 speaks about the the full blessing seven and then the double blessing so you know it it it's sort of charting uh the way in which God's faithfulness ran through the generations by by using the doubling
1: of the perfect number we love it and Thank you. <laughs> That's Professor Dion Foster, Head of Department of Systematic Theology and Ecclesiology, also the Director of the bayes Center for Public Theology. Enjoying the warmth of the Mother City and surrounding areas for not too long, and then it's off to where it's cold and snowing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Dion, uh, have yourself a really good day, and uh, enjoy the rest of the graduations and just uh, being close to the loved ones. Thanks, my friend. It's a real
0: blessing, and I look forward to chatting again next week. God bless. Bye bye. bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9
1: AM. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.